Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back. Welcome in to Country Roads Confidential at earsports.com. Tuesday morning, I am Mike Casaz. A time for some questions and answers. Hopefully more questions and shorter answers than Chris Anderson. You and I are accustomed to providing. Um, no shortage of things to talk about. Including, perhaps you've heard, I, I don't know, conferences may be expanding and realigning. And also, football starts uh, a meeting on Friday and a practice on Saturday in the West Virginia practice open to the public. Yeah, I was, that was one of the questions right in here from Crowtown Ear was, what is the football camp schedule? Can we start talking football season? Uh, and first part of that, Mike just answered. Yeah, Friday, everybody's supposed to be back. Team meeting Friday. First practice Saturday, uh, apparently open to the media or uh, to the public, excuse me, not the media, well, media too, but um, uh, rest of the schedule, a little more up in the air. Haven't got any finalized dates on things like that, but, you know, you can expect uh, practices every day from here on out once that gets started. And we are definitely going to be talking a lot about that. We already have a podcast planned for Friday, right, Mike, uh, to to do like a camp preview so we can have everybody ready for that weekend and the first practice of fall camp. On the schedule, you get 29 days to do 25 practices. Mm -hmm. That's planned, I have to think. I don't believe that Neil Brown, of all people, is you know, Monday night, Tuesday morning, trying to figure <laughs> out when he's going to practice and all that. Maybe. I mean, maybe he's trying to figure out like a, a day, one and a half day, will be a move it around. I think that what they're probably trying to figure out is for the media, or maybe this is part of the process before. Are we doing Zooms? Are we doing in person? Because a month ago, the conversation was, we'll probably just have you in the room and around a table as long as you're vaccinated. And when we had that tour of the facilities that Brown led everybody on, I don't know maybe like three, four days before the, the world started spinning the other direction with realignment and expansion. Um, you were allowed in if you had a mask. If you, if you were vaccinated, you were cool with not wear a mask. Um, so I think that they were kind of easing back into bold air quotes here in my office, Chris, normal. And now I wonder if they're going to do that again. I hate going down this road again, but I wonder if we're going to be back on Zoom. Are they talking to medical people about, hey, can we have everybody in a room? How many people in a room? Is it around the table? Is it all podium? Um, so that's that's probably a conversation that has to happen. So certainly taking some steps forward, but lately one step backward, at least, I think, as to how they're going to do media stuff. But, hey, we're allowed there Saturday. I guess we're allowed there Saturday. Like you said, it says open to the public. <laughs> Asterisk, media is not the public. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, but, yeah, busy time, and I don't know. Uh, how early do you think that Brown is asked in his first news conference about expansion? Or do you think that he, um, in his opening comments, addresses it in a way that not to be asked about it? Oh, I think, well, I'm going to go see. I think he's going to address it in the opening comments, try to make it so people don't ask about it, and then get asked about it within the first three questions. So, see. Okay. Which I don't think I'm that's not a knock on anybody in the media who ends up asking that question because I because 
Hey, I think he's going to try to he's going to try to you know get in front of it, and I doubt. And again, no offense, to Neil Brown, on this one. I doubt it's going to be an adequate enough answer for what the information uh, that that the media would be looking for. So I think there will be plenty of follow-ups. Are you surprised by the pace of news or lack thereof since the Texas Oklahoma to the SEC thing became obvious and then official? Because my my sense from dealing with our people online um, are bubbling VIP community. Yes. Um, is that, you know, there's there's a thirst, a thirst for answers right now and a hunger for information. And, and certainly I want to provide it. But when I talk to people that I think have answers and, and could probably address those questions, there's not a whole lot right now. A lot of it's like, well, I don't think anybody really knows what's going on, least of all me or you, Mike. So just keep calling or texting or emailing. And when something happens, we might have an answer. But I understand everybody wants immediate responses and reactions and hey let's be in the acc by i don't know week three uh maybe not it just seems like that this is probably expected like everybody's flying over the airport right now but i'm also wondering how long that lasts you think there'd be more action or at least a reaction or you think this is about what you expected uh i think you put it best in your article that went up the other day part about the teams with everything going on and how it, it is this is sensitive i think this is getting more the first time around, things were getting leaked left and right. And purposefully, I feel like in a lot of cases, people wanted it out there. And I think a lot of this information about Texas and Oklahoma was purposefully leaked. But now, I believe the schools involved, at least here in the Big 12, that are still in the remaining the remaining members of the Big 12, it might be in their best interest for it not to leak. Like as much as, you know, just example here, West Virginia going to the ACC. Um, if that were the case, like you were like, oh, hey, man, you want that. You want that excitement with the fans and all that stuff and knowing that there's a landing spot. But it still may not be in their best interest because if that leaks with everything going on with the Big 12 and ESPN and lawyers and everything else, uh, you know, rumors running the other day that I think were later rebuffed, but uh, – of Clemson and Florida State trying to leave the ACC, Ugh. all this other stuff. Like, it's just like, maybe it's best if, you know, you stay quiet till it's right about to happen. It, pull a Texas and Oklahoma and secretly, but maybe not, or act like you never did, talk with the conference for about six months, and then let it leak three days before you make it official and act like you worked it all out in 72 hours. Lots of uh, expansion conversation on online on our site. If you are interested in becoming a VIP member, go to earsports.com. On the main navigation menu, you'll see a tab for podcasts. Right next to it, three dots. Click it, VIP membership, and you get your information. And what would you want to do? Uh, Thirty-seven percent off for a year, or a dollar for the first month? Up to you. This is going to go on for a long time, so you might have my answer there, but. Don't forget Paramount Plus. It's going to be kind of a big deal once football season starts, college football, pro football. Um, I don't know. Maybe they can get, like, someone to do an expansion hat ceremony on CBS Paramount Plus. What do you think? Yeah. Hey, you know how everybody's uh, releasing their, hey, we're an X number school in the academics, and we got this on social media and that, trying to, you know, flaunt their peacock feathers for, for all the conferences. Uh, is this where we do our part for West Virginia and tout that, uh, you know, I just got an email that we're, uh, 
a certain point in VIPs, and then you add in the last couple of days of July. Uh, as far as new VIP signups, top 10, Mike, for July. Um, so AACC, top 10. Just saying, just saying. It's jim.phillips at theacc.com. Uh, <laughs> top 10 times two, he was that many eyeballs. That's pretty good. There you go. There you go. Before we jump into this, a uh, quick recruiting update. Um, they did land Kevin Thomas. I think mm-hmm. there was a, a question as to whether he might be the quick and first, I guess, casualty of the expansion story. Maybe I don't want to commit there yet because I don't have answers. Let's let's slow down. No, he waited 24 hours. Um, I can't tell you, by the way, how hard the first person I asked laughed at that question. Really? When I was like, hey, what happened with this Kevin Thomas situation? You know, is this because of all the realignment and expansion? And there was a long, long laugh. And then uh, 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 let me PG it a little bit here. Uh, comment about the if they have to worry one more time about a, a video. <laughs> and I think that's, you know, that's where it came down to. I think he just needed to have his stuff ready for his announcement, which, hey, man, you want to get your stuff. You want to have it ready. It, it is, it's only hopefully going to happen one time in your life. So you want it to be right. So make sure you get it right. So I don't think that's anything to worry about but you know a couple people capital s sources i talked to that about that were just not laughing about uh thomas you know delaying for that reason but laughing because of the overreaction and how fans immediately went that direction instead of hey he's just delaying a day uh ended up being two um because he needs to have his video right that's it that's all it is i mean he, he he went back to his original date originally he said july 30th and then i think you know Everybody knew he was coming to West Virginia on July 29th, which kind of would have given the game away. So he moved his decision up to July 28th, but the video couldn't get ready in time. So back to July 30th. So whatever. Um, I don't know how you can put together a video if you don't have power or air <laughs> conditioning, which is what apparently is holding up Jaden Manga. But this one's really turned. He was 100% crystal ball, West Virginia, another four-star in the fold. Um, however, he's from Michigan. Michigan State's made a move. This is going to be, in the spirit of the Olympics, this will be photo finish? I think so. Uh, you know, it was felt like all West Virginia for a long time. Uh, I think, I mean, even Michigan State, you know, people there kind of knew that that was it and it was done. And then as time approached, you know, you get to that final week right before he's about to announce. And instead of coming up to West Virginia with all the other commitments, he goes to Michigan State instead and, and, you know, that that is telling. I, I tell people all the time, and, and I've said it about other players, I've said it about other recruits, I've said it about other current commitments. Uh, you know, it, it means more to me what a player does than what a player says. And, and that, him doing that, told me a lot. And, you know, confidence was really flipping Sunday morning, and I had one person tell me that it was actually, it, it, they were hoping for a delay on West Virginia's end because they felt it had changed so much that he was going to commit to Michigan State. And then they got the delay. And I don't think it's a coincidence that throughout the day, all the current commitments are all of a sudden tweeting Mangum out of the blue, talking about WVU, talking about joining up, Christian Stokes doing the bad boys for life thing, you know, the little uh, partner duo thing that that West Virginia had dubbed them during their previous visit with a graphic and everything. So uh, not a coincidence. And, and I do think the delay... 
if he had committed on Sunday with everything we learned Sunday morning, I think it would have been Michigan State. So a delay, I believe, in this instance is good for West Virginia. At the very least, it gives Dante Wright a chance to get HVAC certification so he can swoop into Michigan and fix up the air conditioning. No pressure. And, and internet. And internet. Oh, yeah, that's that's just unplug and plug it back in. There Everybody you go. That. <laughs> um, listen, that's they've, they've done a really good job of recruiting. I think we understand that. Um, there was always a trick to getting these kids to, I don't know, commit or be really excited during their visits and then actually hold the line until they actually did commit. And he was one of those players who there was a gap between his visit, the excitement, and his commitment. Um, can't get them all, but they don't get this one. He's he would be the number two recruit in the class. Yeah, he's uh, a big one, and I think. But I, I, it's he's a big one. It's it's something you have to recognize. But I think a lot of people also need to recognize, like, hey, they've gotten like fifteen of their top targets, you know, out of these guys. Like, not very many. Like, I, I off the top of my head here, just sitting here, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time thinking of a guy that's in this class that was a backup option for someone else and they ended up taking because they missed on others. So they're hitting at a pretty high rate on their top targets, which is really rare in college football recruiting. Absolutely. Let's leave it at that. I don't want to pour any water on what you just said. Um, I wasn't trying to be negative, but you made sure we ended up with an exclamation point there. Let's jump in. Questions and answers, as always, from subscribers. We'll get to the big ones. Um, as Chris hinted at, we're going to tiptoe around some football ones or maybe one or two we get to, but we're going to address football heavy in a podcast on Friday morning. So forgive us that. Uh, and also, Chris will sweep up some of the questions we don't get to from whatever subject in a written version uh, sometime today, maybe tomorrow. We'll see. All right. Let's start with uh, Earstein here. How do you weigh what to report from sources, capital S sources, so that you're not acting as a puppet slash mouthpiece of the university versus breaking high value news? Um, then he gives an example of a uh, Texas A&M guy break, leaking out the Texas, Oklahoma to the SEC story. Yeah, I hope that wasn't like a negative insinuation there because everybody would do what Brett Zorman did. Yeah. Like that's that's the biggest story in 10 years. Mm -hmm. That's a huge story. And to get that, it doesn't matter how you get it. If the A&M AD or president gave it to you or if the Oklahoma Board of Regents gave it to you, whatever you go with it. Uh, how do I do it? Listen, I don't ever go with what one person tells me. Example, and this is a terrible thing to do, Chris. I told you something last Friday about West Virginia's initial go around with the ACC, correct? Mm -hmm. It's it's an amazing story. I can't cooperate it. And the person who told me this would be, I think everybody would say, a really good source. It's a single source. And I'd have a hard time going with it. Um, so I try to get as much authentication as I can. You know, quality and quantity are a sliding scale. I get that. But sometimes it's really good to have a good scoop, and it may not be true. So you got to try to get people to cooperate it. And I've tried, and I can't get anybody really to cooperate this one thing in particular. But again, there are instances where, you know, for example, if the president of the university calls you and says, hey, we're going to the ACC, get on it. That's a big deal. You probably should go for that. If if somebody who knows somebody does it, that's a different thing. So for me, listen, that's why you have like double sourcing. You want to get multiple sources on something. Single sources are always tricky uh, just because there can be different sides to even one story or different ways to interpret a story. So I try to get a bunch of people to cooperate it. The other thing is, too, let's just stick with the expansion stuff here. Um, like it just who you get your news from is it's one thing. But what those people know is another and who those people know is another. This isn't going to be a lot of like stuff where head coaches know things about it or recruits or players know things about it. Um, I don't want to pick on Nico Marchio, but there's a hubbub about how he let slip in a podcast that they're going to be joining a new league. 
You've heard this, right? Yes. Well, who told him that? I mean, let, let's just say, like, did did you know Sean Reagan and Neil Brown tell him that? I don't think those guys would know that. So I'm not I'm not saying that he's wrong or whatever. I'm just saying, like, in a situation like that, I don't think the information is going to come from a recruit via coaches and watch people who have like sources in higher education because board of regents, board of directors, board of governors, presidents, chancellors, um, those are the people who make these decisions ultimately. So if you know some people in higher education, you're probably going to be a better reporter in this instance because they have a lot of sway and a lot of information and they'll talk if you know how to talk to them. Something that I want to piggyback on there. One, yeah, you, Two, two sources is like, I feel like you have to be at a minimum here because there's a lot of information that that you and I both get from one source. And then it's what do you do after that? Because it's very difficult to report off the one source unless that one source is the only party involved. It's like the first person, you know, a first person source, only party involved kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, even even for commitments, if a, if a player tells me I'm committing to West Virginia, that's still not a single party situ- decision. That's a two-party decision because West Virginia has to be involved, so I have to check on the other end. Um, now, if a player says, I'm decommitting from West Virginia, that's a one-party decision, and, and you can kind of stick with just what that one player told you. Um, also, not this is not anything towards Nico uh, or anything, but I, I want to make this clear. This is a general statement. I would not take anything you hear from recruits on expansions, coaching, realignment, any of that stuff to heart. I learned this the hard way. Uh, some of you that have been here for a long time, because this was this was long. This was 2011, I think. This is a decade ago. I was talking to a recruit who was in West Virginia's class. I'm trying. I can't remember who it was off the top of my head now, but he was he was committed, and. West Virginia was looking for a defensive coordinator. And this recruit told me it was going to be Brian Stewart. And I reported it at the time. Made my first mistake, single source. Second mistake, that single source being a recruit. Uh, And he told me it was going to be Brian Stewart. And I believe like not like a couple weeks later, I think he ended up at Maryland I think that was that year, or maybe he stuck at Houston and then went to Maryland a year later. Um, but it, 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 it's tough because these recruits are going to hear things, and not all of it's going to be from coaches. Not all of it's going to be from reputable sources. I mean, there are kids that'll read just junk, like like everybody. It's like like everyday fans. Like we'll read stuff and hear stuff anywhere and everywhere, and kind of treat it as gospel. So take it easy on what you might hear from from a recruit at this point as as far as a realignment goes yeah educate yourself too like if you if you read a lot of stuff you'll be able to figure out context clues so so if you're finding people who are reporting on things that were valid 10 years ago they're not valid now that person might just be doing some google searching and trying to report off of what they can gather online that doesn't mean they're doing the work and talking to people maybe they are but if you if you kind of smell something fishy there's probably a reason yeah, I'm trying to th- I'm trying to figure out who it was that told me Brian Stewart so I can blame everything on them, but uh maybe I'll just keep that to myself for now. No. <laughs> and uh, I don't I can't remember who it was. I, if I even if I look at I'm looking at the commitment things and I can't remember who it was, but um yeah, it was oh yeah, Brian Stewart's gonna be our new DC. Da 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 And I, I reported it and then that ended up being I mean he was in the mix. But that ended up being wrong. I think he had ties to to Dana and everything like that. But um, be careful where you get your information from, like always. Um, and, and 
related to that, our next question from the big dude. I like that name. Um, who are some good sources that we can follow and trust to keep us up to date on this realignment, uh, rumor mills and all that? Mike, you, I mean, one, Mike, follow Mike, uh, read, read his stories. But as far as a national kind of concept goes, because again, we've seen this already, uh, other than the, hey, other than the Texas Oklahoma thing originally, um, the, these ads like to leak this stuff to the national guys, thinking it's going to get them the most exposure that way. I assume, but 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 who who do you kind of follow along with, Mike? McMurphy's amazing. Like he broke the story to John Marinato many years ago that the Big East was falling apart. So that's my guy. He's always going to be like the person I would really pay attention to. That would be one. Um, Pete Thamel has got a lot of connections in, in coaching and agents and, you know, the, that academic C-suite that I was talking about. That's one I pay attention to. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones here. That would be obvious ones. Uh, Ross Dellinger, who's at Sports Illustrated now. That's a newspaper guy from the SEC who's gotten that feature role with Sports Illustrated. That's just three off the top of my head that I know that I, I kind of Either I seek them out or if I see them do something, I'm thinking, okay, that's probably really important too. But again, I would, the national thing is cool. I get that. And I have nothing against the national people. They frequently get people giving them information because of maximum exposure and the impact upon delivery of their media affiliation. It means something to come from um, from Yahoo or from Sports Illustrated. That's obviously you're trying to get reach and impact when you try to leak news or something like that. So yeah, you're going to call those people or work with them. They also have contacts, too. Don't get me wrong with that. I think I established that. They know people. They can call people. I really think newspaper reporters and, like, local meat reporters, local beat reporters are the best at this because they have the relationships with the people you have to know. It's easy for a national person to cherry pick a president, an athletic director, a head football coach, or even know those people through the years. If you're a big media um, reporter, big media being you work one of the big organizations, you want to know as many people as you can, but you can't know everybody, right? So you're trying to spread as much of your uh, reach and your curiosity as you can, but you can only do so much at school. So you probably know the main players. Do you know the chair of the Board of Governors? Do you know the head of the, the state's higher education council? Probably not. But your beat reporters do. Um, people who are newspaper people who have climbed from maybe an education beat to high school sports to now you're the lead writer for college football. Uh, people who know the daily you know beat work for things like that, who have just focused on that one little canister they're in, their school, maybe their conference, and they know more of the behind the scenes people. Those are the people I'd really pay attention to. I know there's an infatuation with national reporters and they frequently get the big scoops, but a lot of the color or a lot of the breadcrumbs comes from your local people. So um I, I think we mentioned this before, the, the guys who were at the Austin American States that are very good at this. They have a team that attacks from all angles, too. Um, there are big papers in some of these cities that may expand um, with their schools, even for another conference. I'd watch them figure out who they are. Get, I'm not saying support local newspapers, but like certainly pay attention. They do valuable work here. From small papers to the biggest behemoth in the room. Uh, will there be any punishment to the SEC and or ESPN for seeming to not be fair players? Uh, this is from Jay Mole, 1989. I think it, it's obvious that this was ongoing long before three days ago, 10 days ago or whatever, uh, months has been on. And then um, the accusations from Bob Bowlesby about the league and ESPN 
and them meddling in matters and then ESPN shooting back and then Ballsby saying last night, we're not going to address it publicly anymore. We'll handle these matters behind closed doors. What do you think? I'm I'm paraphrasing the rest of Jay Moll's question here. What do you think is the end game here between these two? And will anybody be quote unquote punished? Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Two things to start. Uh, kind of brave, so bravo to Bob Bowlesby for signing the letter the way he did. <laughs> what is that signature? I have absolutely no idea. It looks like a polygraph, and he lied through his teeth the entire time. Yeah. I don't understand. I don't know how you get a B, a Y, an S out of this. You've got to look at it. If you haven't seen this, just look for the C and D letter and look at the signature. Uh, and then second, again, brave, so bravo of him to actually do this. Some, somebody had to do it. I mentioned this before about him again and again and again, here, written, or whatever. There's something about him. He's either a pointer for this role or he takes this role, but he does stuff first or louder, so the most articulate. Um, he He's famously, to me, he was really the first conference commissioner to insist on the split publicly, you know, front-facing comments I think in the media day carousel many years ago that there should be a group of five and a power five autonomous and, and otherwise. And that happened because other commissioners got behind it again. Did he come up with that idea? Probably not. Was he appointed to do that? Was he first? Was he the person who was most capable of delivering the message? I think yes to all of that. So this does not surprise me that he would take the handoff here because he could be acting on behalf of whether voluntarily or appointed um, of the ACC of the PAC 12 of the Mountain West, I don't know, but like, I think at some point you had to realize that people were going to have enough of ESPNs controlling this. Just, just think about this for a second. They have created a four-team, three-game playoff in which they pick the participants and they set the the price for how much they're paying for this. Right? There's no competition for that media access. That's crazy. In, in what other realm would this be allowed? So. That's I think there there came a point where just there was too much pressure on the fulcrum. They were able to leverage too much. And at some point, somebody was going to do something. So it happened. I don't know what happens, Chris. This is really strange to me. I, it, I would think it's probably fair that the Big 12 and the ESPN are finished. I don't know how you go back to normal after this. But again, so what if you're Bob Bowles? Did he burn the bridge? Maybe it was already burned. Like, how is the Big 12 going to go back to normal here? Um, I also think that yesterday, yesterday he was in front of the Texas state Senate, correct. And had a, he had the bully pulpit. He could have been, you know, hellfire brimstone. And he was instead reserved. Like you mentioned, like, Hey, we're going to handle this quietly. Now that makes me think that there might've been some, Hey, 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 okay. We got your attention or you got our attention. Let's turn down a couple clicks. And maybe this happens more civilly or more, um, uh, organized productively behind closed doors now, but I don't know. I'm, I'm interested in any explanation here for an outcome. Like, how do you think this goes? I, what I find most interesting from the latest reporting, um, was that not just the big 12 is upset, but basically everyone, but the sec is upset with how this is going down. Um, of course the sec is sitting back like, I don't know, like 
and this is my point about the ACC sitting back and thinking they're good, they're going to get left holding the bag. That goes for everybody. And the SEC is the only one being proactive about every, well, and the ESPN are the only two being proactive about this whole thing. Um, And, but everyone's upset. And I think that is where things can get interesting because if, but I, I don't know where, where they go. Like, what are they supposed to do? Like the ACC is in the dumbest contract I've ever seen in my entire life. It got booked all the way till 2036, right? I think is what it was. And I, I don't know where else you're going to go to the other, other services. I don't, I, I know, oh, hey, just go to Amazon. Oh, hey, just, you know, get streamed on this, like, get streamed on that. And I don't know if that's really, I, I know that's part of it, but how much leverage are these other th- places going to have for live sports to, to try to stream that stuff? And will they outbid ESPN? Will that relation fracturing relationships with these other conferences come back to bite ESPN or does any of it even matter? Because the ultimate end game is that it's just going to end up being one big, huge super conference and they all negotiate their TV deal together and they're going to end up crawling back to ESPN anyway. I don't know. And it's strange. And I, I think, I, I wonder I wonder who put it out there that everyone else was mad at ESPN too. Like all the other conferences, all the other conference leaders, you know, school leaders and everything like that. I'm curious who put that out there. And also, one thing that must, I feel like, must be put out there is this piece of information that Bob Bowlesby said he had clear yeah. evidence that ESPN meddled. You said it. Put it out there. You no, you can't backtrack now. Like you put it out there that definitively ESPN meddled and you had concrete evidence. Let's see it. Like that's my stance on all this. If you have evidence, put it out there. Well, screen screenshots, whatever. I don't care. The thing is that that you risk alienating hypothetically TCU, Oklahoma State, West Virginia. If you find out that they're talking to, you know, ACC, Pac Ten, Big Ten, whatever, right? You risk alienating them and then you forsake your chances of maintaining eight teams in the conference. So that's bad. However, I'm very familiar with the practice of redaction. <laughs> like you could black out the names of who's involved or whatever and just say this is from, you know, Burke Mangus to, you know, a, a president or athletic director in our conference. Here's my smoking gun. I think he can do that again. This is not time. This is not time for like boardroom decorum here. We're not handing out uh awards for who has the best manners right now this is really cutthroat stuff it's kill or be killed and you know when someone strikes you got to strike back so i think they did some of that again it might have just been some you know bell rattling to get their attention i think that probably worked i just I, again where it goes i don't know I, to answer the question i do think that no penalty or punishment i forget the word in the question i think there'll be something it's just hard to define like i just don't think that they're gonna this isn't going to go to court now because I don't think either side wants to have the discovery process. That would be very revealing. Um, I would think that if Bob Bowlesby has proof that there's some sort of um, some sort of tinkering with his members or some sort of you know outside reaching in, there might be some t- sort of a paper trail where ESPN slash Texas slash Oklahoma could accuse Bowlesby of being you know negligent in leadership, of being you know reserved and passive when he could have been proactive and aggressive and preserving or improving the conference, that would make him look bad, too. Hey, you could have added school X, school Y, you know, two years ago, and you turned it down because things were okay. So that's that's one thing I don't, th- don't think I'll ever get there. But now you have at least a, a reason to get them into a courtroom to talk about these things. I doubt ESPN wants to be exposed as kind of being influential behind the scenes like this, even though that a lot of people assume that to be true. They're found to be tampering. 
Yeah, that's a really big deal, and that could set a price tag in a negotiation for trying to get them out of the conference. So my sense is that it never goes into the courtroom now, but I think that I, I still think Oklahoma and Texas are going to pay. The SEC will pay somehow, but how you describe pay, punishment, penalty, that may differ from one person or another. Um, we're still of the belief that Texas and Oklahoma will be in the SEC in 2022. Yes? No? You got to provide 18 months. So 2023, 18 months from now, you'd skip the 22 season. So I think 23 are the earliest. And that lined up before because a lot of us thought that the CFP would be debuting in the 12 team format in 23. I don't think that's going to happen now because, as you mentioned, everybody's so mad about this. And they realize ESPN has created a conference that could have up to seven teams in its event. It built the event. It's yeah. paying the price for the event. And I wonder now if this doesn't turn into something like the NFL contract where you've got these 11 games you know, maybe maybe seven are on ESPN and maybe four are on Fox. Like, why can't that be bid out of some process? And again, maybe the maybe ESPN slash SEC doesn't want that. So what? Because if you have other conferences and other schools represented, they vote. They're going to have a vote. And if they can find a way to actually bid this out and create more money, like if there is a competition for games or for all the games in the CFP, that price tag goes up. Maybe maybe ESPN wins it, but maybe ESPN pays 20% more than they're promising to pay right now. 100% of the membership would want 20% more money than they want right now. I just, I don't know why anybody would feel beholden to the plan as it is right now with ESPN getting all the riches here. That doesn't make sense to me, especially after all the recent news. All right, we got a handful of questions here from Nelly1210. Um, all kind of related to a realignment. So we'll keep this keep this train running. Um, if someone told you tomorrow that the end game for WVU is Conference X, whether that's the Big uh, Big Ten, ACC, SEC, but not how it happened, what is your best guess as to how we got there? Uh, do you think it's, it's like, I, I, I'm assuming he means like, does it just happen next year? They just get a straight invite or eight other dominoes have to fall before it happens or, or what, what do, you, what do you think has to happen for West Virginia to end up in one of those other conferences? And is it different depending on the conference? I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you two that are very interesting to me. The one that I think this is what we've kind of seen, but haven't noticed if the big 12 has eight of 10 teams vote to dissolve, nothing matters anymore. There's just not a conference and there's eight teams out there, 10 teams out there that can do what they want. Now, that have to land in a spot, but all of those hurdles that you have to overcome to become a member don't exist. Well, guess what? You've got two right now. If by some way, uh, let's just say TCU, Oklahoma, West Virginia, Kansas, Iowa State, Baylor, fine homes. Apologies to Texas Tech and Kansas State. But they find whole homes. Why, they, they vote 8 out of 10, 75% thresholds overcome, the league dissolves, that's it. You're out. That's the clean way. And I think that's probably maybe what ESPN is allegedly angling at there. Let's find three to five schools for the AAC. It's amazing. (laughs) And then, you know, one to three schools for the ACC and and the Pac-12. Let's find a way to get six or eight of those schools, different homes. Then we vote, no contest, eight out of 10, 10 out of 10, whatever. You already got two out the door. You only got to get six votes at this point. That would be easy. You can go somewhere. And then it's a lot easier to invite West Virginia. Otherwise, 
it's a really hard question to answer. Like, how does West Virginia get in? And I think that the one thing you could say was that, I hate to do this, but perhaps the ACC loses and has to add. And I don't know who the ACC would lose. I'm not going to follow that report I saw no, yesterday. Clemson, Florida State, confirmed. I'm not, I'm not going to suppose that AAU institutions like UNC and Georgia Tech end up in the Big Ten, but I could see a situation where they lose two schools and they have to replace sooner than later in West Virginia's an easy addition. This is not part of Nelly's questions. This, this is just straight from me. I got to thinking about it right here. Is the well, first off, one, so you're saying that uh, when we're all sitting here touting our, um, you know, uh, VIP numbers and our academics and our athletics and everything else, uh, everybody should be directing that towards ESPN and not the conferences since ESPN might be the ones actually picking where these schools go. That's, I would say that they're, they're putting the puzzle together and saying it could look like this if you want to. And the puzzle, of course, is just like people in three-piece suits swimming in gold coins and dollar bills <laughs> like they're like ducktails or something like yeah. that. Follow-up again for me. Um, is there a situation where West Virginia or any of these big 12 schools, do you think they're going to end up in a league like, say, the ACC or the big whatever it is, and they're going to have to come in at 50% again? Like, you know, when West Virginia joined the Big 12. Like, is that something that that I don't want to say you're worried about? Because I think, again, as we've said many times on here, you take the first the first life preserver that's thrown your way. But is this is another situation where all these schools are going to have to take half half price for a couple years and phase into full revenue? I don't think you could argue against that being a precondition, to your point. Um, if they say, come on in, but... You kind of have to take that. Um, I yeah. don't. The, I think is that a policy in the ACC? I don't know, but that's the, that's the hammer here. Like West Virginia cannot afford to pay eighty million, let's say, to get out of the Big Twelve. Because again, if you leave the Big Twelve early, you have to leave two years of conference revenue behind. The equivalent of it to pay two years. That's about eighty million bucks. Like that's not good. And listen, you make it a loan from the ACC, but you're still paying that back over time. That's just a massive, massive price tag there. And then if you're doing that and you're coming in at a fraction for three to five years, that's a huge financial setback. But here's my argument there too. What good does that do the ACC? If you're financially handcuffed and you're losing assistant coaches and you can't keep up your facilities and you can't schedule as aggressively as you want because you don't have the money that you're accustomed to, then for the ACC, you've made a watered down addition to your conference and you are holding the pot. Mm -hmm. So why would you do that? That's a negotiation I would certainly enter into. All right, back to Nelly's questions here. Uh, if an ACC vote for WVU happens tomorrow, any thoughts on what that would be? Any schools you think are definitively saying yes, definitively saying no? I don't. I think you're going to see consensus. Yeah. I really well, uh, yeah, well, yeah, publicly there's always going to be a cons I mean, hell, they had Texas A&M. Give a consensus to Texas and 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 Oklahoma. So, I think I think you would have. Um, I think that it would be fourteen zero or fifteen zero. I don't know if Notre Dame gets the vote, but I I just don't think they're going to have that vote unless they know that. Listen, it may be. I think they have to do seventy five percent too. Math in my head is eleven out of fourteen. Listen, maybe it's nine to six, and they talk two teams into it. 
you'll never know. I don't think I, I would not want that to get out because that adds unnecessary ripple yeah. story. So I, it would be 14 to 0. I don't think that Clemson would be an issue as, as despite what fandom says right now. Um, and I don't think that Virginia tech would be an issue because their affiliations with some WVU personnel from the past, former president Jim Clements is at Clemson now, and he's on the executive committee for the ACC, which, as I understand it, is huddled now and is saying, well, let's let's put a list together and weigh the pros and cons for additions and otherwise. And then Whit Babcock's athletic director at Tech, and he was a fundraiser associate AD here at West Virginia for a while. Also, he's not Jim Weaver. For whatever reason, Jim Weaver had a had a crawl, a thorn in his crawl for West Virginia. I don't know what the deal was there, but that was always like not great. So there's two probably. Um, and you're wondering, like, what would Louisville do? Who cares? <laughs> Louisville can't possibly <laughs> throw up some sort of moral or academic or any, like resistance here. What would Pitt do? Why wouldn't Pitt want West Virginia? What would Virginia do? That's an interesting one. I, I think there, there's some – I don't want to say it's 50-50. I think you would have a hard time getting to 11, but I think it could happen once you, once you throw some pros and cons and you weigh things out there. And then, again, if you're looking at what happens if we don't add schools and who might be out of the West Virginia – all of a sudden, those three or four people who are on the outside saying, I don't know, they start to see things dry up and they start to see a dark side of the moon that they're not used to envisioning because everything is so bright and setting their conference right now that it becomes a, a better idea or not as bad of an idea, too. So I think they would have a lot of people in their corner. They've got good relationships with some of those old Big E schools. I think that there's some sense in getting some of those teams on the schedule because it'd be good for the fans. And I know single game tickets aren't that important but season tickets are and if you can get west virginia once for a basketball game once every other for a football game that might make a difference there it might sweeten up the tv contract a little bit the other part about that is is if it's not west virginia who are you adding realistically that's going to get you 11 out of 14 or 12 out of 14 or 14 out of 14 like you're gonna have the same concerns as everybody like you may have four red flags for west virginia you take them out for those red flags put somebody else in you may have five you may have three Five is worse. If three is better, what's what's the the pro and con of adding West Virginia versus that other school? Like West Virginia would probably check more boxes because of some some obvious reasons there: geography, tradition, um, familiarity with the opposition. So it, again, there's not great ideas here. There's good ideas. Some are better than others, but by and large, like it's it's all pretty relative, and you just kind of figure out, you know, the devil you know sometimes maybe the the best one to invite into the room. Did 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 you just compare say West Virginia was the best looking girl left at last call, Mike? Is that what you just said? No, that's what you <laughs> said. I said, but listen, that's that's the idea. Like like yeah, well, it's not wrong. Like I mean, it, unless you're talking about stealing teams from another conference, which obviously can happen, but we're talking about teams that are not in ACC, Big Ten, SEC. West Virginia, other than Notre Dame. West Virginia is definitively, I think, the best choice, like as far as an all around program for any of those three conferences. I mean, unless you get me talking into like Kansas or Iowa State for the Big Ten ge geographically, like I think they might make more sense for the Big Ten than West Virginia. But I, I think for the ACC and SEC, it's like, yeah, West Virginia is a very good choice for them. Yeah. And again, if, if the ACC says, no, we don't think so. We're concerned about this, this and this. All right. We'll put put Iowa State in that position. Right. The same. All right. Let's. All right. We we're, we're going to downvote West Virginia for now. We're going to table them. We'll come back to it. up next. Iowa State. Are they going to have all green flags? No. 
So then you're comparing red flags here. I think it might come down to that. Like, listen, these are good, but there are some bad things in these teams. Which one has the best bad things attached to it? I don't know if I'm articulating that right, but and that, that brings me to the point of like the ACC doesn't necessarily have to expand. That membership is happy at 14 teams. It's not a 10-team conference. It's 14 with an affiliation with Notre Dame. Um, I know the TV contract's nuts, but, I mean, it's it's in a good position. It deserves a better TV contract. Unfortunately, like, that's not going to change unless you get Notre Dame as a full-time member, which isn't happening. So you really kind of have to be realistic and, and understand that what you want may not be out there, but, like, what you need may be something that you have to reach for. Um. <laughs> this is a good one from eBear25. I think we already know the answer, but uh, kind of pointing out what we're talking about here. Some some teams just kind of grandfathered into these leagues. Um, is is SEC stalwart Vanderbilt able to justify themselves, or do they just get to laugh their way to the bank for eternity? Um, you know, bringing up the fact that kind of OU Texas moved to another conference, and and the, everybody kind of admits that they brought a lot of the TV money. What about these schools that are just happily at the bottom? Because I think we can agree, maybe we don't agree, but it, that West Virginia and other schools in the Big 12 that are, I, I don't want to call them free agents yet, but are better programs, bring in more money, all that stuff, than teams that are at the bottom of a lot of these leagues that are just are, are going to be safe for just because – they happen to already be there. That's that's a really good example. Um, but the fact is that they're in, and they don't yeah. have anything to worry about. Yep. That's, that's, they're they're gonna they are gonna laugh to the on the way to the bank, and they're gonna be driving an expensive car. Actually, they won't be driving it. They'll have a driver driving the expensive car to the bank. They don't even do direct deposit. That's how rich they are. <laughs> they want to see the look on the teller's face, right? Yeah. Um, it's that's just the way it is. Um, and again, what does Vanderbilt bring? You know, not a power in football. You know, I would say spotty success in basketball certainly been down for a while. Does well in smaller sports, but, you know, you don't need Vanderbilt in Tennessee because you have Tennessee. You know, I mean, what do they bring for eyeballs? Their attendance isn't great, but they had a chair in the music stop long ago and they're going to be there. Like they're in, they're not getting kicked out of that conference. And again, you got to beat somebody up on your block, right? Right. <laughs> You got to count a W in conference play sometimes. Um, those teams exist. It's up to them to get off the off the floor a little bit and, and climb up and be better and, and win more than you lose. But I don't think anybody's complaining if that's a win on a Saturday in October every year. Uh, man, last last realignment question. Maybe, <clears throat> maybe the last question for this podcast. We'll see. But uh, this one from Dub V got M. I see a scenario in which the interests of the Big Twelve slash Bulls beat do not necessarily align with the interests of WVU. How is that navigated from a WVU perspective? Be public about it. Um, you know, hey, we found out that they're trying to bring in San Diego State, San Jose State, like, and our travel is going to be awful and the football is going to be better. This is obviously their last resort. We can't continue. That's a pretty effective argument for saying that we're going to withdraw from the league, which, by the way, Chris, why didn't they announce that they would not be planning this on that in five years we mentioned this in the podcast yeah i really like that idea of all the teams saying we're not going to renew unless you know something changes like just put it out there publicly like, i had to be known. i had one person who heard that or heard of that say that that's not a bad idea because at the very least you give that 18 months notice yeah that, so you don't have to worry about that it's not i mean it might be a little bit more complicated than that but um 
I don't know that that would have been an issue. I don't think anybody is really under the impression that West Virginia is in this for the long haul, you know, NQ at no questions asked right now. So um, that that would have been a, <laughs> an interesting maneuver, would have been a clever maneuver. I'm not sure it legally binds or whatever, but um, it would have to be something where it's clear, like we're, we're doing this and we're getting out because you are sinking us. Like you're right. coming with bad ideas. You've lost the two biggest programs and you're, you're, plan to recover is to add San Diego State and San Jose State. That's hypothetical. It's extreme, but I want to make that point pretty clear. Like, you've gotten this far down the ladder. We can't do this. We're out, and we're asking for an early exit. Um, you know, let's waive the 18 months. We'll pay, or let's let's serve the 18 months. We'll pay a, a portion, something like that. You would have to make it very clear that for your survival, academically, financially, athletically, whatever, you can't in good conscience, you can't in good competitive spirit continue with this because they're leading you down a bad road. Maybe it wasn't their fault how it got started, but once the Big 12 got started, like West Virginia has a responsibility to finish it the way it's best. <sighs> All right, Mike. Um, do you want to, do you want to swing to one football related question, like actual football related question before we get going? Hmm. Uh, two. Two. Oh, okay. Oh, you already have them in mind. You already have them picked out. All right, let's do it. Yeah. Well. It's football time, right? I think it's, yeah. Let's do it. Um, I'm gonna get to this one second, I guess. But actually, you know what? That's, that's a good one to save. We could we could talk on that one. All right. So I just have one. How's that sound? Okay. Thought about this during the last Q and A. It seems ancient now. The hashtag trust the climb has an expiration date. What are some of the absolutes that prevent the staff from selling it to the masses? Um, a three or losing season, three consecutive seasons, seven, eight wins, etc. Uh, guess what? It better not have an expiration date because they're buying the darn trademark on that. <laughs> so that's going to be on TV T-shirts t- and, and hoodies and and posters forever. They they're looking to get the trademark for that. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it better not be something that they're like, oh, that's cool, get out of here because those things aren't cheap. They're certainly not free. Uh, it's a process to go through to make sure that no one else has claims to it and all that stuff. It's a trademark process. So. That's here for quite some time. I don't think it would follow Neil Brown out the door to somewhere else if he goes to another school and starts to climb somewhere else and that be proprietarily property of West Virginia. So uh, listen, to the point, you don't want to be stuck on a climb perpetually, but get used to that because <laughs> they're paying to put that on their 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 gear and their property for however long they can now. Um, Do you have a better answer? No, I, I, I think that's I think that's the answer. They got you got to stick with it. It's going to be around. Um, I do, you know. I guess if you if you go backwards, it's it's. I guess you're still climbing after that, so it it still fits. Um, and even if you get to the top, you kind of don't want to stop, so you can keep pushing the trust the climb thing, and because you, you keep climbing, um, maybe they'll come up with something after that. If, if West Virginia say wins the league or something like that, then then they'll they'll push something else. But yeah, I think this is going to be around uh, for a while. Um, trust the view. <laughs> it, that got me thinking um realignment happens big 12 sticks with their eight teams plus whatever you know four teams from the aac does that league get an automatic bid top five automatic i think so don't don't you i think so too yeah, yeah. i do i i just got me thinking about it i think so 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 other than the money, is that a bad spot to be? Well, think about this. Uh, a Big 12 with no Texas and Oklahoma, and if you win it, you're in the college football playoff and maybe even have a bye? 
Possibly. Um, you'd have to be a top four. That'd be that'd be a, a tough argument to make, I think. Um, listen, I think you're going to have to add. I don't think that the CFP, even if it's just for the remainder of the contract, is going to be okay with a Big 12 champion with seven games. Right. Um, and then how do you play eight or nine? Like, what do you, are you playing a home and home against one or two teams? I don't think that's going to happen. And then you're looking at the quality of conference or non-conference opponents. And I've heard someone say, well, you could play a Big 12 team in non-conference play. You're still doing home and homes. It's, this is not going to work. I don't think people are going to like that. Like, why? It's the same as a conference championship game. Maybe play a team twice. But, yeah, but you're doing that within the, the regular schedule. So that's I don't think that's a good idea. I think you're going to have to find a way around that. At least prevent that from being a problem in the conversation that may come up. So to your point, they add UCF, Cincinnati, uh, BYU and Boise State. Okay, mm-hmm. now you got a nice little twelve-team conference there. I get that. There's Cincinnati's or UCF, one or two, maybe tie. Probably your best group of five athletic departments. Is, is, is that fair? Mm-hmm. BYU is pretty good too. They're they're sound in a lot of the, the major sports too. Boise State's been been good in basketball as well as football, obviously. So those those make some sense. I, I we could quibble about the third and fourth picks there, but that's an idea. Um, I think that would satisfy. It. I do. Um, the trouble is, and again, the CFP, remember, every conference gets like 60 million bucks. So you're splitting your 60 million among 12 instead of 10 now. And if you do get into the playoff, you get, I want to say it's $6 million or maybe it's $9 million and $6 million for a, a New Year's Six game. I don't have that in front of me. I had to familiarize myself with those rules of the years, unfortunately. So there, there is money there, but if you're adding 12, two teams to get to tw- or adding four teams to get to 12, you're dividing by 12 instead of 10. So it's not quite as much. Now, if they go to 11 games and 12 teams, obviously the money's going to be more significant. They've, I've heard, you know, could be two, three, four times as much money because, yeah, you're tripling the number of games. So the money'd be better. And if you have a seat at the table, you're good. So maybe the goal was just to get a seat at the table, which is why I keep hearing, like, there is a goal to somehow preserve the Big 12, six, eight teams or and add some of those good group of five teams because you're going to be there. Um, the trouble is, I just don't know anybody who thinks that you're going to have five conferences. And if one goes away, it's the Big 12. And that's why you're probably seeing ESPN swing a wrecking ball here and try to get rid of one of them, maybe lead it toward dissolution. Um, yeah, I think what you're saying would work. I just don't know that it would be whether whether it's renegotiated for the 2023 season or when the new CFP contract starts, I just don't know that the money's going to be equitable. Um, I could see them, I could see them having a problem with the team that's or a conference that's built that way. I don't know why. Um, again, they really haven't cared about the Big Twelve being different before. They haven't cared about having any sort of uniformity in the number of conference games or how many, you know, FCS or Group of Fives or Power Fives you play in non-conference play. But all of a sudden, you're going to make sure everybody's playing by the same rules now. That could be. That could be a little bit prejudiced as far as like an operation goes. And I wonder if that'll happen. I don't know, but I wonder. All right, Mike. I think uh, we, you got anything else before we, we wrap it up here? No, I'm done. I don't want to get myself in trouble. We're going to take here. I'm just dusting myself off. We're fine. There we go. All right. Well, I will uh, address um, the rest of the questions that were posted in written form. Put that up first thing Wednesday morning. Uh, we got a couple of recruiting updates later this evening. And, uh, and throughout the rest of the week, and then also some preview stuff before we get to the start of fall camp. Uh, again, meeting Friday, first practice Saturday. Um, and Mike will be there, right, Mike? Or are you on vacation again? No, no, no. That's, uh, that's, that's <laughs> next weekend. Sorry. 
A friend is is retired after 25 years in the military, and I I support the troops. Oh no, I was meeting this past week where you you, you left me as we had camp and commitments and realignment and a whole month of vacation for between the two of us. I think for August or July. Well, think, excuse me. No, I, I went down to Birmingham, Alabama, and I pressed the pause button on the expansion machine just for four days. There you go. It was good. Good, good, good. Until then, I'm Mike Casaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We will talk to you later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.